Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, this is Chris. And this is Jim. Welcome to episode 11. Wow. Yeah, Endurance Horse Podcast. I think I'm going to exceed my goal of 12 for the year, easily. Oh, easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. So I hope you enjoy this episode. In the United States here, it's Labor Day weekend, which means it's a long three-day weekend. But Jim's on call. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to be on a short leash, so we got to stay around the house. Might go walking. That's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Might clean the garage. Only if I absolutely have to. Clean the garage. Yeah, Yeah. the garage needs clean. Isn't that what Labor Day means? It means you should do extra labor. No, I think it's cookouts and drink beer and Uh, bonfires and. But that's not how it's named. It's it's named Labor Day. To me, that means you got to go do some work. No, you're honoring the people who have labored. By doing more work. Oh. Hmm. So is it the the husbands think Labor Day is cookouts and the wives think it's clean the garage enjoy episode 11 (laughs) hi this is melissa coolidge it's been a little bit since i've submitted my last podcast but that's because we've been very busy attending lots of endurance events this month we attended shore to shore bra buster and northern highland at shore to shore we actually did three days Monday through Wednesday, point-to-point with both our Mustang Zero Sum and our younger Arabian Chasmin. They both were very good, and they both completed all three days. That's a really neat ride because you barely ever repeat trail. Um, we actually only repeated one section of trail one time the whole, the whole three days, which is pretty neat. Um, it's also a very low-key ride, so it's a great ride for younger, newer horses because there's you know, a little bit lower energy at that ride. So all in all, a great experience. It's also beautiful. We drove over the top on the way there, Mackinac Bridge. I was a little worried about a horse trailer on Mackinac Bridge, but I had nothing to worry about. That bridge is gorgeous. So um, driving up through the Northern Peninsula is also a gorgeous experience. So all in all, a very relaxing visit and a relaxing week. We actually left on Wednesday and had planned on staying through Friday because Zero got a girth gall, so we took him home early. But... On the flip side, Chasmin had done so well and had started to really enjoy herself the second and third day. So we decided while it was fresh in her mind that we'd take her to an LD to do her first solo ride. So we went to Brawbuster with Chasmin for her first solo LD. And she did a really nice job. Considering she'd done 75 miles three days earlier, she uh, completed in second place and, and just you know was happy all day. The greatest thing, the greatest accomplishment was that she, you know, wasn't trying to rush to catch up with the horse in front of her, wasn't trying to slow down to be with the horse behind her. She was just happily plugging along all day, which was awesome. We did have one moment of excitement. I actually had a stirrup bar break, not the stirrup, the stirrup bar, which was totally bizarre, on my saddle. So she handled that well when my stirrup went flying while we were galloping along. So that, uh, that was exciting, and I was pleased with how she handled that. So all in all, um, great time with Chasmin. So 
After that, we gave her a little time off. We focused on our other horse, Short Stuff. Short Stuff, uh, we've been bringing back after, we gave her a break after Biltmore and brought her back about six weeks ago and thought we'd do an easy 50 last weekend at Northern Highlands. That ride is gorgeous. If you haven't been to it, it's one of the most beautiful parts of Wisconsin. It's a touristy part, but with lots of chains of chains of lakes. So not the Great Lakes, but they also but there's about um, a thousand lakes in the area, and you can actually boat from lake to lake, and it's it's very very neat. But if you're just going up there to ride, you can. Uh, they have some great trails, great national forest, and lots of restaurants and touristy things in the area. So all in all, another great place to visit. So we went down there thinking we were going to just finish the ride and get her back in shape, and we actually ended up coming in first place. We tied for first with another rider, oh, and she just did fantastic. She had so much left in the tank. She could have easily done another 20 or 30 miles after we finished, so she was very ready to go and rearing to do more, so that's really exciting. For that reason, we're going to take her to the 100 at Colorama in a couple of weeks. I'd like to finish her first 100 there, so then we can look at, you know, doing another 100 at Broxton in November. So, all in all, a really good month, and hoping to have another couple of great endurance months here coming up. So, see you on the trail. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Courtney Kruger. This year, the East Coast Ride and Tie Championships were held in conjunction with the Iron Mountain Jubilee Endurance Ride in Ivanhoe, Virginia. And I wandered around camp and got as many ride and tie stories as I could. Hi, my name is Liara Gonzalez. I've been in ride and tie probably about six years now. Um, time flies when you're having fun, so it's hard to remember how long I've been doing it. Um, and the, one of the most memorable stories I had was here at Iron Mountain. Uh, two years ago, I think it is now, where uh, all of a sudden, about five miles from the finish, I got really, really sick, uh, kind of sick that I hadn't ever experienced before. And then the next day, I did another 30-miler, and, uh, and then again, five miles, five miles from the finish, I got really, really sick, had to go into the woods, and uh, I won't go into more detail than that, except that I got, it was not pleasant. And uh, still had to race to the finish because as, as I was pulling up my shorts, another team caught us. And so I had to run down and hard and, I don't know, five miles, something like that. And uh, get to the finish line and I collapsed, but I had fought off that other team. And that was all really exciting and great. And then um, the following week, I was uh, thought, huh, something's not quite right. And it turned out that I was actually pregnant. So that was why I was getting so sick out on the trail, unlike I had ever experienced before. Hi, this is uh, Nate Corvastrepo. I'm Lyra's husband. I'm not an avid rider, neither an avid runner. But a few years ago, Lyra, my uh, wife, volunteered me to do a 50-mile race, uh, again, without any experience whatsoever. So I decided to go ahead and do it just because she was pregnant at the time. So I figured I would do it for Lear and the baby. I'm trying to make a nap, but uh, what a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we started at 7.15, I believe, in the morning. And by the time we got back to the finish line, it was close to 6.30 p.m. But every single part of my body hurt. Um, 
It was probably one of the uh, greatest experience ever, but I think I need to uh, train properly for the next one, or maybe do like a 30 mile, and then slowly increase it to 50. Uh, but no, it's a great experience. I hang out with a bunch of really nice people, and I look forward to do it once uh, Liara is pregnant with the second one. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Carrie Barris. I have been doing Rod and Tie for, this is my seventh season now, um, and I don't, I have a story from Iron Mountain where we're at right now that's so great, but um, last year at Big South Fork, we were out with um, the Kruger's horse, Coda. It was his first weekend of ride and tie. Second day, we're doing two 30 miles, so he's getting a little tired, and so we're giving him, you know, some rest. We're not working very hard, and five miles from the finish, the third place team catches us. We're in second place, and so we just started racing at that point. And he, he, you know, got a second win, and he was fine. So we're racing in five miles. And um, just about a mile from the finish, um, you know, Courtney's starting to get tired. I'm tired. And, you know, we're like, all right, we got to push this so we can, you know, so we can keep this second place. And so we come into the finish, and I'm on the ground. And Courtney passes me on the horse, and he's like, you want the horse? I'm like, no, 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 if we switch, we're going to lose. So I'm running up this hill. I have no idea how close Barb Matthews is to me, but I know she's right behind me. So I'm running, and they're all yelling at me to run, 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 and I'm pushing it. We get to the top. We finish. We come in second. I turn around. They're right behind us, so we, we definitely needed to race it in like that. But my favorite part of the story is we're celebrating at the end, and Coda looks, takes one look at Courtney standing in front of a water bucket and just pushes him right in. He was like, this is what you get for racing me hard for these two days. But, well, he's turned into a great ride and tie horse, so I guess he didn't mind so much. I'm Patrick Vaughn. And I'm Ellen Hart. And I've been doing ride and ties for about two years. I've been doing ride and ties for about seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we did the 30 mile at Iron Mountain. Um, let's see, I think I rode about a mile and a quarter and tied the horse and then maybe PJ can pick up and tell what happened after that. Yeah, so I got on him just at the beginning <laughs> of the big climb and uh, I think I passed all the other ride and tie runners and never actually caught Ellen. Uh, <laughs> so I wound up riding so you know, it's my 12 fault. miles. I think it's so. my fault because he never caught me. <laughs> yeah, no, we got, I got, uh, I don't know, about five miles in and the horse started kind of fighting me on running and I'm not really a bad experience of a rider. So I didn't really know what, uh, how to get him motivated other than when the horses were passing by, he would jump on and, and follow him for a minute. But it took me a little while to get to the, uh, to the turnaround point. <laughs> um, so I think I got to the halfway, which is about 14 miles maybe. Um, I think I hung out for 20 minutes and all the other riding tighters came in and came in and I think I found Carrie and I was like, um, when's the last time you saw my partner? It's <laughs> like, uh, mile five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we walked until about 12, I think. And then when we hit the field, he started running again. And, um, um, so I turned around, ran backwards. And everybody told me I was going the wrong way <laughs> for a couple miles. Um, until I think I caught up to them. He and another horse loping across the pasture and sent them right into the vet check. So I turned around and ran back to the vet check. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was I was struggling with the stirrups a little bit. My feet were coming out of them. So that was a, definitely a struggle in the first half. So we made a couple of adjustments and I think the second half was a lot smoother or to me it was. <laughs> we didn't get separated by more than a mile in the second half. <laughs> yeah. We kept it really close. <laughs> yes. and, and used everybody else on the course to our advantage. Yeah, it's much <laughs> it's much easier to ride two or three miles than <laughs> 10 or 12, at least for me. <laughs>
Hey, my name is Allison Zaytunian, and I've been doing ride and tie for four years now. And this weekend at Iron Mountain Ride and Tie, I partnered with my friend Annalee Monk, who's 11 years old. And she had done a few races before today, but this is the first time that she's done back-to-back 15-mile -back races. So let me let Annalee introduce herself. As you can see, I am 11 years old, and I started when I was 9 years old. Um, this past weekend, I did back-to-back -back 15 miles, and it was really fun. Um, Allison and I had a goal to do three hours, and we actually finished in three hours. <laughs> so, yeah. And yesterday on our race, we decided to stick together with another team just so that we could tie our horses together because the horses seem to be a little calmer when they are tied together. So we ran with Anna's mom, Karen, and her partner, Rick, and we kept them together and tied them together. But today we actually raced by ourselves. And our horse, Cruz, he was a little spunkier today because he didn't have a partner to race with, but um, he was a great partner. And we actually stayed together during this race and still managed to finish in three hours. Hey, this is Dave Venable, and we were at Star Tannery, Virginia, doing a 25-mile ride and tie, and I'm probably halfway through the race, and we've climbed to the top of the mountain. It's a beautiful day with gorgeous views, and I'm running down the ridgeline looking for my horse, and I just sent some motion to my left, and I glance over, and it's a bear, and it's running up the side of the mountain, and I'm looking at the where we're going, where how it's going to cross the trail I'm running on, and we will run into each other if I don't stop. So I stop and he crosses a trail about 15, 20 feet in front of me. And I knew enough to have a big stick, but he didn't even look. He ran right across the trail and then he got my scent. And he looked back, I raised the stick and off he went. And Ron asked me how big he was. I was like, oh, I don't know, 120 pounds. We get back to camp and I looked at our 60 pound dog. And I was like, no, I guess he's about 300 pounds because he was a lot bigger than that dog and he can run. My name's Rick Knorr. I've been doing riding, riding ties since 2003. And I started because I wanted to uh, ride horses. We actually had, I was in California, in Southern California, Orange County, and we had a, a couple of riding tie people come into our running club, Snail Space, asking for runners who wanted to ride. And, and I raised my hand along with a couple other people. So they partner, partnered me up with someone about my height. I had no clue how to ride. I didn't know that, but I had no clue how to ride. Took lessons. And the partner I had, Melanie Ware, was so kind to let me start riding her horse once she saw I wasn't going to fall off. And so I had a few, few lessons. And what we kind of decided we were, we were, um, I was the guy who never rode. She was the runner who never ran, and we had the horse who never tied. It was her horse. And actually, we, we had a lot of fun. We didn't finish high up in a lot of races, but we had a lot of fun. It was, it was um, really good. She was generous with letting me ride three, four times a week if I wanted to. And I can tell you, for the first year, I didn't walk right because I had never ridden a horse like that. And, and uh, you, you just, those muscles, unless you have them young, they didn't. They don't get trained very easily when you get older. And uh, we, we uh, struggled, but we had, I think we won the men, women, men and women competition three times. I'm not sure, but I think that's how many times we won it. I'm Julianne Sear, and this is my second ride and tie in the past two months. Um, I'm Caroline Palmore, and I've 
been doing our entire about the same amount of time. And we went to the OD ride at Orkney Springs at the end of July. And that was our first race and we had a very exciting encounter happen where my student and Caroline teamed up and she went off trail to go use the restroom and got lost and ultimately caused Caroline to have to race on foot for about three quarters of the, of the race. Um, so we learned very quickly how easy it is to get lost on these trails. Um, yeah, she found me about, you know, three fourths of the way back and we were like, okay, I guess we're just riding the rest of the time. But for two people who have been only showing competitively, I would say Rod and Ty has become one of the new favorites between the two of us, and we look forward to many more races coming up. That's definitely um, more relaxed as far as the atmosphere and the people, and they're all a lot of fun to be around. My name is Mary Gibbs, and I've been doing Ride and Tie for about six years. Um, my story is about the first time I did Ride and Tie at OD, long course, night ride. Um, we were working with Tanner, and Dakota was first ride also. Went out with the Venables, Greg Bradner and I, and Dave Venable and Rhonda, and we got lost on the way back because you can't see at night. It was a blast. We were hooked. We um, said we'd never do the night ride again, but that didn't happen. We did it several times after. Got to do ride and tie. It's awesome. First ride and tie was on Tanner, uh, a 17-year-old quarter horse, and I might not have been the best rider having ridden two or three times when I was 17, and then I was 50-something. So the first time I got on Tanner, I really couldn't even get on, so he was so excited because my wife had been riding with the endurance riders, and he wanted to catch back up. But by the eight-mile mark, I didn't have a blister from holding the horn. I didn't have any skin left on my hand, and I had to come up with a new plan. My new plan was to run as fast as I could so I never had to ride again. But eventually I had to get on the horse, and the team we were racing, they had a very strong runner who was also a fast rider. And what she would do was she would jump on that horse, ride literally 200 yards at full gallop and jump off like she was skiing it was just so fast so one time she comes galloping by us so we're tr we're cantering behind her and she stops right in front of me and i ran right into the horse and my knee went right up the horse's ass. and it went up the horse's ass. and she wasn't very happy about that but anyway it was a great race my name is rick nor uh, I've been doing, I've done a bunch of riding ties, but one I did in Mount Adams, um, I, I was, it wasn't a great day because originally we had some problems with uh, some tack breaking and whatever, so we kind of started dead last after a couple of miles. I mean, that's where we were. So we got in the vet check anyway, and we got there okay. My partner goes out, everything's going good. A friend of mine says, you look tired, can I help you get on the horse? And I said, sure. Well, I wasn't paying any attention and I didn't have the horse set. When I got on the horse, he kind of moved a little bit. I was on the back of the saddle and he took off, pretty much in a gallop. And I'm not a very good rider, so I, I wasn't sure I was gonna stay, stay on, but I did. I was able to get over and get back on the saddle. I grabbed the reins and I'm yelling at the horse at the top of my lungs, trying to get him to stop. I get him to stop. I get my feet in the stirrups and I head back out for the second loop and I noticed the guy that I, I know, he, he was pointing us out uh, so we'd go out and uh, 
I heard a bunch of clapping and yelling, and I asked him, what's going on? Somebody finished? Because I thought, well, man, we're so far behind. No, you stayed on. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lee Kruger, and I've done not much riding tie at all, just a little bit, but I have done a good bit of endurance riding. And I'm Courtney Kruger, her husband, and I'm the one that does the riding tie, and we're going to tell a story from Iron Mountain from 2015 when Lee was doing an endurance ride and I was doing a riding tie, and what happened on that race. And so Lee is going to start. Okay, so I was going to ride then the um, limited distance ride. And um, we started out, and we were um, at the beginning going up a bunch of switchbacks, which um, meant that the trail was very narrow. Someone ahead of me had to stop, and when they did, their horse's rear end was facing out towards the trail. Um, Because the trail was so narrow, um, everybody was in single file, and they were filing past this horse. And as I filed past the horse, it kicked. Well, of course, it hit my leg instead of hitting my horse. And I thought, oh, that hurts really bad. Man, that is going to leave quite a bruise. And I uh, kept going. And um, it just, it, it never did quit hurting. And finally, I decided, well, you know, I think this is more than a bruise. But part of the story is that my horse cruise, we were right at the beginning of the ride, and you know how horses are a lot of times kind of crazy at the beginning of a ride, and he was, he had race brain. And we were only about two miles in when this happened, and Cruz completely switched his brain from race brain to being totally focused on me and what did I need and how could he help me. And so instead of being jumpy and looking from side to side and trying to canter off and anything like that, he was completely focused on me and he walked when I asked him to walk and he didn't buck or he didn't, he didn't look from side to side. His ears were back towards me and he was just the perfect horse for the rest of the ride. Luckily, there was a road crossing at about six miles, so I went forward till I got there, and they were able to get a trailer to come pick us both up, and uh, it turned out that my leg was broken, but um, I still ride today, so it's okay. <laughs> and so my perspective on this story is that the ride and tie started 15 or 20 minutes after the endurance ride started, and so I'm making my way up in the same course that, that Lee was on. And it just so happened that day, I was the only male ride and tie person that was in the, the race. And so when Lee gets to the six mile road crossing, she tells them, when my husband comes across, you'll know him because he's the only guy who's doing ride and tie. Tell him that I've gotten hurt and I've gone back to camp, but I want him to keep going in his race. And so I get to the road crossing and they tell me this. And so in my head, I'm thinking she got hurt a little bit. She's going to go down to camp, get the truck, drive the truck up to the away vet check, and I'll see her up there and I'll find out what's happened. So I get up to the away vet check and there's no Lee up there. And so I think, okay, well, maybe she's just kind of chilling out in camp a little bit after this, whatever this minor injury she must have had is. And so I finished the 30 mile race and I get into camp and I am now a little, of course, concerned what's going on. And so Janice Helterbridal was my partner that day and her horse, Pete. And so I just said, if you don't mind, you of course run him through the final vet check, but I'm going to go find out what's going on with Lee. And Janice said, of course, she'd be happy to do that. So I go down to where we're camped and there's the uh, horse, but no Lee. And so I go back up to the uh, uh, the, the entrance and, and where all the, the, the ride management was. And I asked, do you know what's going on? And they said, yes, she broke her leg. And of course, my eyes get as big as saucer plates. And she's at the hospital and my eyes get even bigger. And they say, but don't go to the hospital because actually they are already headed back. They're headed back in a few minutes and you'll miss her if you try to go to the hospital. 
So she comes back, and it was the the small bone in her leg, and she didn't have to have it cast or anything. But I was to ride the next day with Carrie Barris, and so I found somebody else who had a horse and who needed a partner, and so I'd kind of taken care of Carrie because I was sure Lee's going to get back. I'm going to take her home. She's got a broken leg. We're not staying for the rest of the weekend. And so she gets in, and of course I check, check on her, and she's doing okay. And I said, I've already taken care of everything. I just need to take down the pen, and then we'll leave. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, we're going home. You've got a broken leg. And she said, oh, no, you've got a race tomorrow. You're racing tomorrow. I don't care if i got a broken leg. And so my wonderful wife hobbles around on crutches you know, at a camp instead of being at home where she could have been a whole lot more comfortable so that I could do my ride and die race. And, and that is just the epitome of a great uh, spouse, but also a great ride and tie crew chief and horse owner and coach because she is all those things for me as well. Hey everybody, it's the 18th of August. I don't have a huge update or anything. I um, am back from California after Tevis. I took a nice long vacation in San Diego. This is my first weekend back. And I don't know if you can hear the pitter patter of little feet. I'm not sure they're so little anymore. Kassan has turned two years old. His birthday is the day before my birthday. So um, we're out this morning on a nice long walk i went out to go get him this morning and it was so sweet he didn't even get up and i got to sit there with him and just rub him all over and he was so loving and sweet i just love this guy and i can't wait to see what he turns into as a grown-up but um we're stopping for a little grass break and but i plan on doing a nice three miles with him and what i'm doing is uh i carry a handy stick with me because i like to teach him space right now because he's a baby right and one day we're gonna have to do trot outs together and things like that so I don't let him act like a baby he has to act like a big boy all the time so when we go get his feet done or rather when the farrier comes to our house he always finishes with a trot out so she can see how his movement is and everything so he has to behave and he just got his feet done two days ago and that's the first time he's ever really done the head tossing and trying to um you know do the little bucking game and stuff like that and uh we started over he had to do it right and we started over three times actually but he ended up finishing his trot out like a good boy and now we are doing our walk and on this walk i am doing the same commands as i would riding i make sure i kiss once for trot and I ask for a trot and I kind of do my voice as I would want us to do when we're riding. If I he's trotting too fast, I'll tell him he needs to do an easy trot and I kind of slow it down and do my body movements the same way. And, and then I say, whoa, and he has to stop. And every single time we stop, I make sure I back him up about three spots because who wants a horse that's just sitting there wiggling around, right? So I know he's still a babe, but one day he's going to be my riding partner, and who knows uh, what we'll be doing, what we'll get ourselves into. So I feel it's very important that we treat each other like um, we're going to from the very beginning. And um, I learned all this because I had a baby before, and I completely messed up everything with her. I let her be pushy and 
do all the things she wanted to do. And um, so <laughs> I guess you could say I love to learn the hard way. But um, yeah, so that's where we're at. And he has to do everything. He woes when I say woe. He walks when I say walk. And he trots when I say trot. And we're not going to do any sort of cantering or anything like that. And I'm not making him run a full three miles or anything right that right now at this time. I think this year we're going to move up to it, but um, I want him to basically know these commands and to behave himself and to keep his space. He's not allowed to go past me. That's why I have that handy stick. I, when I'm jogging, I keep it in front of his chest so he knows he's got to stay right where he's at. And um, yeah, then of course he has his big brother at home, Merlin, who keeps him on a nice short leash too. But um, I haven't got a chance to go ride Merlin yet. As you all know, I've been having saddle fit issues. I'm going to try my friend's saddle this morning, and um, we are going to go on a, um, a ride up in beautiful Cloudcroft where it's cooler because although it's only 20 miles away, it is so hot in the desert, and we're still hitting 100 degrees every day, so um, it'll be nice to go up to the mountains, and it'll be cooler but higher elevation, and um, that's great training, right? Well that's it for now my next ride plan is kitty quay in texas i can't wait to do that the ride just started last year and i heard so many great things about it it's beautiful i saw pictures and um my plan on mileage right now is i would love to be able to do a 50 but you know i've been off merlin so long because of tevis and everything he's been off about a month i would say since july and um I'm going to do 15 miles this weekend. I plan to do 15 miles. And the next weekend, I'm going to do two slow 15 miles, which will be Saturday and Sunday. The next weekend, I'm still going to do a slow 20 because he needs to just build up. And we can be out there all day long as long as he does the mileage. And then um, we'll see. I'll start um, bringing up the speed a little bit. And if we can do a 50 at Kitty Quay, I'm going to do it. Um, well, that's it. That's the update for us and my two babies. And I just thank you guys for listening. And until next time, you guys stay blessed and have fun. Doing the Ryan Tai Championships with a miniature horse was not the original plan. It wasn't even the backup plan. When me and my friend Joe Proctor decided to do the Ride and Tie Championships that took place in Georgetown, California at the end of June, we decided that we had plenty of time since we were deciding to do this six months early. And between us, we had two experienced endurance horses and surely one of them would be able to do it. I had told her from my previous experience in Ride and Tie that you really needed multiple people and a herd of horses in order to get two sound people and a sound horse to the start of any Ride and Tie, but we decided to take our chances. Sure enough, our horses started to go lame in early spring. Mine ended up with a huge subsolar hoof abscess that was one of the worst I've ever seen and I'm a vet so that's saying something. She was ended up being lame for about two and a half months and did not come sound until a month after the ride and tie. My friend Joe's horse ended up coming up a little bit lame at an endurance ride and because 
uh, we're cautious riders and wanted to make sure that it didn't turn into a bigger problem, we decided that her horse needed a break and we would not use it for the 32 mile course. At this point, we had some horses we could have borrowed from friends, but neither one of us was that excited about riding an untested mount. I'm, I'm sort of an adrenaline junkie. I've when, when faced with two choices, I'm the one that's going to choose the, the option that is going to make the better story, but I also choose my risks very carefully, and riding a horse that's new to me and untested is not something that I'm really comfortable with. Um, I also have had some things going on in my life at this point that made me a little bit more cautious. I just didn't have the prep time I usually have for a ride. In May, so a couple weeks before the end of June ride and tie, I got a diagnosis for why I'm going blind in my right eye over the last three years. I actually have a type of uh, benign cancer called uh, uh, optic sheath meningioma. And unfortunately, even though it's a nice benign tumor, it's in the wrong spot in my brain, and so um, even a benign tumor can cause issues if it's growing somewhere where there's space limitations like your brain, and in this case, it's on my optic nerve. So there's lots of medical decision-making that needs to be made on top of that. Um, I have a two-year-old human child, and that adds a layer of difficulty as far as being able to um, find the time to uh, practice ride and tie on a new horse and coordinate practices. I also had a second horse that was having some medical problems that ended up um, having a tumor on her ovary that we were trying to get figured out and then if that wasn't enough I had a hundred mile running race, an ultra marathon, that was going to happen about three weeks after the ride and tie. My friend Jo, her life is equally as busy. Um, we're both a little insane. Uh, she is a vet student at UC Davis. And so when put together with our lack of time and everything else, um, we just needed an easy option. And the easy option was treating the Ryan tie like a run and taking along a little miniature horse that belonged to our friend Alicia Camberg. Uh, who runs the Wild West Endurance Company. Uh, her miniature horse is named Jellybean. Jellybean had completed an official AERC LD endurance ride a couple of years ago with another mutual friend and did fine. She conditions with the big horses, comes along as a little mascot, and keeps up with regular training rides. So this was not a... Um, this was not a an idea that was too far out of reality. There's some other minis in our region that are doing things like intro rides and other shorter distances, but to our knowledge, Jellybean was the first mini horse that has done a full-length um, sanctioned AERC endurance ride. And it was kind of exciting to think about uh, making her the first mini to do a long course ride and tie as well. We double checked the rules um, of the ride and tie 
organization and mini miniature horses are not prohibited so we knew we were good to go we also double checked with the event organizer that we weren't missing something she's a long-term ride and tie person um, Susan Smith we also I would suggest anytime that you go to a different sport even if it's very similar to something that you already do such as endurance riding or ultra marathoning and really it just seems like it's another extension even though it's operating under a different organization I would highly recommend that you read the rules it may be very similar to what you are used to but it also could have significant differences and prohibit certain things you're used to doing we did our research we asked questions we made sure that it was on board I want to assure people this was not a spur-of-the-moment harebrained idea. Yes, it was not our first choice of, to do this, but we definitely did our homework and came well-prepared with a well-prepared mount. Um, I, I run 100-mile endurance um, runs as well as in the past I've done 100-mile endurance rides, and my friend also does ultras, so we knew we, we were well-prepared for the distance. I have always been fascinated by being out on the trail and being in the outdoors and going really far. The first time that I got involved in an endurance sport was when I decided to run a marathon when I was 17. I had, first, I had done a five mile run and it had seemed like a really long distance. It was certainly the longest distance that I had ever heard anyone in my town or my family running and so I decided a marathon would be an appropriate goal. It was a couple of days later that I figured out that a marathon was 26.2 miles and I was not at all sure in my ability to do it. I've never been that athletic or that fast, but I've always had a lot of determination and because I said I was going to do it, I did it. I ended up just absolutely falling in love with being out on the road or the trail or just out there in general in the outside continuing to go and go and go. Um, and so I continued to run road marathons into my early 20s. At some point I was in the middle of a road marathon, it was the Sacramento CIM, and it wasn't going very well and I decided that I would rather do this kind of distance on horseback. I had heard of endurance riding, specifically riding 100 miles, and it really fascinated me. I had catch road through my teenage years. I didn't have a horse of my own, but I would ride any horse that someone would would let me get on and I was I was a decent rider by then and when I graduated college a friend gave me a standard bread that was not going to work out for um, their herd and with her I started my endurance riding journey uh, ended up acquiring other horses along the way and uh, did end up riding 100 miles it was just as good as I imagined but always told myself that I wouldn't be able to do trail running because I lived in a part of the Northern California Sacramento Valley that's very flat. I attended vet school and had put on my resume as general interest that I was both a marathon runner, although it had been some years since I had done any kind of real distance running, and that I was an active endurance rider. I applied for a job and when getting hired, or I should say being interviewed, one of the questions that this woman asked me was whether or not I'd be willing to try ride and tie. 
It turns out she was a longtime ride and tie person that needed a partner. Ride and tie is two people and one horse completing a course together where the two riders are alternating, one running and one uh, riding, and then switching off and continuing down the trail that way. I said I'd love to. So we did some practices. She ended up being my veterinary school mentor because she was also a uh, veterinarian uh, in public health. And she introduced me to the sport of ride and tie. And I found out that I can run trails and I'm actually pretty good at them. I'm still not very fast, but there's something about the natural rhythm to a trail that I really love. And it dictates when you walk and when you uh, run and when you run faster. I'm still not terribly fast, but I get the job done. And it turns out the further I go, I don't slow down. I just keep going. And it's just this wonderful, powerful feeling of being a badass and accomplishing something that nobody can take away from you. I credit Ryan and Ty for introducing me to trail running and I decided to try my hand at longer ultra marathons those race distances over 26.2 marathons and ended up running 50 milers and then 100 miles on my own two feet so at this point I run long distances I ride long distances I do have a blog that I've maintained for almost 10 years. It is called melnewton.com. That's M-E-L-N-E-W-T-O-N.com. And it is Dr. Mel Newton, the running, writing, writing veterinarian. I try and update it here and there. I'm not as active on it as I used to be, but I've written a lot over the years, and I've been very honest and transparent about my activities and my journeys and some of the lessons learned. So if you want to hear more about what I've done over the years, that's the place to check it out. Hi, this is Megan Gresham in Sheridan, Wyoming, and I submitted a clip to the very first episode of the podcast. I did and definitely still do represent the newbies and people trying to get into the sport of endurance. I've actually never been to a ride, but I want to do it so badly. And when I first submitted my clip, I was pregnant and I had been working with my little dun paint, a little stocky cutting cowbred horse. And he was such a neat horse, but just not exactly suited for endurance. He had a walk, jog, and lope that never exceeded about four and a half miles an hour. I have pretty limited time as it is as a mom and working full-time and such that I want to pour my efforts into a horse that I think can actually go somewhere in the sport. So I found him a home um, up in Idaho with a super nice lady, and she does cows and trails on him, which is perfect for him. And that opened up space in my pasture to start looking for a prospect that was a little bit more suitable for what I wanted to do, which is endurance. And I started looking at Arabians, and I stumbled on some lame horses and had some hiccups along the way. 
but I found Ravenwood Horse Ranch, Ravenwood Arabians up in Rona, Montana, and I picked out this gorgeous flaxen chestnut colt with a stripe down his face and one white sock. His name is Ravenwood Heartache, and I call him Heart. He's a two-year-old colt, and he actually came home the day I gave birth to our little boy. I was in contractions and labor and everything and communicating with this sweet gal who was bringing him home from Montana down to Wyoming, and he pretty much arrived home in my pasture right when our little boy Malcolm was born. And the next day, I begged to be let out of the hospital early. Um, I had only been in there for less than 24 hours. So my husband and I and our two-and-a-half-year-old boy, Calvin, and new little Malcolm all loaded up into the Jeep. And we went out to the barn and met my new red colt, Hart. And so that was exciting. I've mostly been spending the summer at home with a newborn baby. Um, I was hoping to get out to volunteer, watch them rides, but I have been able to work with Hart quite a bit, as much as you can with a seven-week-old baby. Um, he's hasn't been handled a whole lot, which is neat. He was raised out in a pasture with big pasture with horses, and but he's extremely friendly. Always the first to greet me at the pasture and smart, spunky, easy to work with, always picks things up quick. He's curious more so than spooky. I've been able to get him in the water and everything else, and he's just a lot of fun to work with. I start colts really slow, so as a two-year-old, he's mostly just hanging out, but I'll sit on him as a three-year-old, start working with him a little bit more seriously under saddle as a four-year-old. Hopefully... In his five-year-old year, I'll start putting some miles on him, and I'd love to start looking at some rides. Um, my plan was to get a younger horse, a colt, and let my babies, my human babies, grow up a little bit more and hopefully be a little bit less dependent on mom. And then I can get more into the endurance, endurance stuff. But maybe even next year I'll be able to ride and watch. There's tons of rides around here. The Bighorn 100, not to mention, but there's tons of rides all over. I've been making friends on the Facebook group, and I'd love to even just crew for somebody or go out for support and just watch and learn. Um, I want to do it so badly. And (laughs) Christina urged me to send in an update, and I don't really feel like I have much to update on since I haven't been hardly even working with my horses, but I guess getting a little two-year-old Arabian endurance prospect the day I gave birth was a step in the right direction. Um, Hopefully there's some other moms or people who just have life getting in the way that is stopping them from getting into the sport. Well, hang in there and we'll all get out there at some point. I hope to see everybody out there soon. Hi, my name is Rachel Greeley, and I'm from Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, the weather here has been awful for a Wisconsin summer. It's hot and humid and dry and just all around makes for, uh, 
yucky riding summer. <laughs> um, I have a 10-year-old Morgan mare that I ride, and I've had her since she was uh, a weanling, so about 10 years now. She's got the typical red, red-headed mare with lots of personality, sometimes too much, <laughs> but that's what makes it fun, right? So I've had horses my whole life. My mom has always had uh, horses, so I grew up riding, and we just found endurance riding last year, and we love it. We are possibly hooked for life. <laughs> we uh, went to an intro ride at uh, Arkdale at the Iron Oak ride, and we had such a fun time. We really, really like endurance because they always, you know, put the horse first. You don't have to look pretty or, you know, buy silver and $100, you know, breeches and jackets and everything. You can if you want to, I guess, but you don't have to. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. My pocketbook appreciates that. Um, but anyway, I was asked to talk about uh, the ride and tie event that my brother and I did a couple of weeks ago now at the uh, Louise Rydell uh, Memorial Bra Buster Ride. And for those of you not familiar with Ride and Tie, it's an event where there's two people and one horse, and one person starts out riding and another person starts out running. Down the trail, You, the rider gets off and ties up the horse to a tree and then starts running and then the runner catches up to the horse. Hopefully the horse is still there. <laughs> and uh, then gets on and, and rides past the runner and so forth, leapfrogging down the road or trail. And uh, we had such a fun time. It was, it's not sanctioned uh, since I believe uh, the National Ride and Tie, you have to, it has to be at least 25 miles. We only did like 10, I think, but it was so much fun and you, you don't have to be a runner to do it. I'm not a runner at all. I, you know, walk and sort of jog when I can. <laughs> uh, my brother is a runner, so he could run and, and ride, so he, did, he made up for a lot of my slowness. But it was such a fun time to do it as a team sport. You know, usually in endurance and competitive trail, it's you, it's you and your horse. But this was fun being getting to do it with two people. It's It was a blast. And so I would recommend anyone to try it. You don't have to go fast. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. The National Ride and Tie um, Association does have a wonderful website if you want to learn more about uh, ride and tie. I, there's not really, at least from what I could see, there's not really a whole lot of sanctioned events in the Midwest. Um, there's a lot out west. Um, but maybe in the future we'll have some in the Midwest um, if more people uh, want to try it out. That would be a lot of fun. Um, another thing that 
uh, distance riding related that my mom and I found out about was mounted orienteering. And we tried one of those events this summer, and that was a lot of fun too. Um, it's basically a scavenger hunt on horseback using maps and compasses to find clues and lettered plates over a, a distance. And that was really fun too because, like again, I really like the team aspect of it because you need at least two people to do that. Um, and the there is a website too for mounted orienteering if you Google that. Um, they have a lot of great information too and... So I would encourage anybody to try that out as well. <clears throat> it was a lot of fun. And so we look forward to trying that again. But anyway, um, my mom and I are hoping for this warm weather to be almost gone so we can do more conditioning comfortably <laughs> uh, and do more uh, competing. This warm weather, my horse does not like it and she gets allergies pretty bad. So I'm excited for... Excited for the cool fall weather in Wisconsin. The person that introduced me to Ride and Tie, her name is Michelle J. Russell, and her very special horse that we practiced on and got me through my first couple of ride ties was a flea-bitten gray named Stashi, who is now retired, but still happily packs kids around when he feels like it. Doing ride and tie was the gateway to developing my confidence that I could actually run on trails. And it wasn't just a fluke when I would get off and run with my horses during training or at endurance rides. Now I have completed a 100 mile trail race on my own two feet, several 100 Ks, and some 50 milers. Right now, I have my Tevis buckle from completing the 100-mile horse ride that is called the Tevis Cup. I have two Ride and Tie Championship buckles. One earned the regular way with my horse, Farley, and my best friend, Elizabeth Funderbuck. And I'm currently trying to get into Western States, which will be... Um, the third buckle of what I like to call my buckle trio. There's not very many people who have been able to accomplish this, and I think there's a neat kind of symmetry to have three buckles, one that represents riding, one that represents running, and then, of course, the Ryan Tai Championship buckle, which is a combination of both of them. It's good to have goals in life. I'm not sure when it will happen, I have a lot going on right now. I am a mother of a two-year-old. I am a veterinarian with a busy life and a busy career. I mentioned that I got diagnosed with cancer about two months ago. I have an optic nerve sheath meningioma. It is not life-threatening, but there's a certain amount of doctor's visits and um, time and stress that goes into that diagnosis and trying to figure out what I want to do for treatment, if any treatment. And so all I can do is keep getting out on the trail and plugging away at the miles, whether it's on horse or on foot, because we only have one life to live. And my advice is to go through open doors and see where it takes you and always choose the door that lets you tell a story afterwards.
We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com. Hi, Jim. Hello. So we got a little bit of a walk-in and no garage cleaning done. Uh, no, but the rain did stop. The rain did stop. It was nice to get a little walk-in. We got chores done times two, and uh, maybe we'll tackle the garage tomorrow. And you've got episode 11 <laughs> Yeah, look at you books. changing the subject. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Carol Wagner Boots with Partner, we're going to to if the rain holds off we're supposed to finally go get her photo session done tomorrow and you'll come help me right if the sun is shining if the sun is shining and the babysitter's willing right yep there we go so most of this episode uniquely was ride and tie almost all of it except i think uh melissa coolidge with her awesome shore to shore update so what do you think about trying ride and tie sometime maybe hmm. if we found a six miler maybe something to look into well, just rest at ease. There's none around here till next year. There's almost none in the Midwest. Boo, you missed that one, didn't you? Okay, all, so we're going to continue with our Labor Day weekend. And um, I guess keep sending in the files because as soon as I get the files, I put the episode together. As you can tell, because we had BAM one, two, three in a row because that's how many files I had. So if you've ever thought about sending in. Send it in. There you go. You got it straight from Jim. You guys have a great blessed weekend. Talk to you later. Bye.